Welcome to Ear Crush, the Friday podcast for people who love listening to great stories. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and once again this week, I am running solo. So before we get to this week's story, which is part two of Holy Savior, I want to tell you about some new audiobook releases that uh, that happened this week. The first is And Business is Good, book three in the Protected by the Dam series. That's narrated by Emily Beresford. Our second audiobook this week is Rule of Magic, book four in the Lyra Chronicles. Narrated by Carly Robbins, and our third audiobook is book three in the School of Necessary Magic series, Wary is Her Love, and that's narrated by Kate Rudd. Now, let's just get right to this week's story, which is part two of Holy Savior. That story was written by N.D. Roberts and read for you by Meg Price. Holy, Bethany Ann's pod. Bethany Ann? Holy asked quietly, her eyes wide. Do I belong to you now? I don't mind as long as Pip and Lolly and the others can stay with me. They won't be any trouble. And I'll work very hard if you look after us. I I promise. She looked out the window, seeing the green glows of the demons disappear one by one. She almost didn't believe what she was seeing. But she knew it was real. The angels were winning. Bethany Ann considered her, as if she could see into Holy's very soul. She felt like squirming under the beautiful angel's inspection, but held still and kept eye contact. She had to convince her to help them, or Lolly would definitely die before summer's end. Well, Holy, Bethany Ann began gently. Where I come from, people can't belong to other people. So you won't belong to me. Holy's heart dropped, her hope draining faster than the blood from her face. She didn't want them. They were doomed. Who will we belong to then? She asked. Will you sell us? Will it be to someone kind like you? She recoiled at the sudden flash of red from Bethany Ann's eyes and shrank back in her chair. Bethany Ann instantly held out a hand to reassure her. I'm not angry with you, Holy. I'm sorry I scared you. I'm angry about your situation, that's all. It's one I've had to fix on so many other worlds since I left my own behind. Can I tell you a secret? Holy nodded eagerly. She would guard Bethany Ann's secret with her life. I went into space to protect my world, a world that didn't believe in what I was doing. When I began to find my way around, I realized that the galaxy was missing something really, really important. She paused, thoughtful for a moment. Do you know what justice is? Holy nodded. It's when the goddess decides you did something bad and then you die. She saw the look on Bethany Ann's face. Is that not right? What about when you don't pay your tithies and the guards come and you get put in the stocks? No. What is it then? This angel was very confusing. Justice is what every living being deserves, Holy. If good people are suffering, justice is rooting out those responsible for it 
and making sure they can't continue hurting people. You have been fighting alone for so long. I think it will take a while for you to understand. Bethany Ann paused for a moment, as if searching for the right words. How about this? I will take you and all of your littlies far away from here, to a new life and a new home where you won't be owned by anyone ever again. You will be loved by me and my people. I'll find families for all of you. You'll be fed and made well, grow and learn. And you'll be free. The important thing is that it's your life and your choice. That's what justice is. Do you see? A fresh tear made its track down Holy's dirty, scratched face, and she smiled with relief before bursting into violent sobs. The dam holding back the reservoir of her enormous responsibility had burst. The hope of a safe place after all this time was too much for her young heart to bear. Her only goal for far too long had been surviving so she could keep the littlies alive. Someone had to go out and find food and keep them safe. The hospital had been stripped bare before the barricades went up. There was nothing there for them except the safety of a hiding place the demons couldn't get into at night. She would take the littlies and follow Bethany Ann to the stars, where they would be safe and free. The first days after the demons had come were a blur in Holy's memory. The trauma of seeing so many corpses had created a gruesome montage of dread and panic that fueled her constant need to run. Finding Pip and Lolly had been a complete fluke. They had been alone in a tumble-down shack, starving and filthy, when she came across the hovel close to dusk one evening. She assumed the smell of their excrement had masked the smell of the twin littlies from the demons. She fed them broth made from game she'd caught earlier and begun the task of nursing them back to health. The next few days were split between searching for any other littlies the demons had overlooked and caring for those she discovered. She had found the gap in the hospice barricade window and spent an impossible day getting all the littlies into the safety of its stone walls, and they had remained there ever since. She had done her best over the years to keep them fed and well. There was an abundance of smaller animals in the woods, since the predators had mostly been eaten by the demons. And she had learned early on which plants were edible. Time had passed since the uncertain days when the demons had begun killing and eating everyone indiscriminately, and many of the littlies were slowly learning her tricks. It had been a battle to keep them alive in the beginning, and she had often skipped a meal when there wasn't enough to go around. The littlies needed the food more. She had persevered during the hard times and had been rewarded with love and respect from the fast-growing littlies as they worked hard to be self-sufficient. They deserved the treasure she was bringing them. Her treasure? She had forgotten in the panic. Bethany Ann, she piped up. Do you know what happened to my belongings when you rescued me? There's something important I need to check on. It would be devastating to find the only remainder of her life before had been lost or damaged irreparably. She couldn't see the bright blue cord she'd tied the sack with anywhere in her line of sight, but it had been dragged through the muck so she wouldn't give up yet.
A huge sigh of relief escaped her as she saw her sack in Bethany Ann's slender hand, and she began wiggling to get out of her restraints to get to it. Bethany Ann laughed at her eagerness and showed Holly how to press the button that would release her safety harness. Holly delved into the sack with the enthusiasm of a starving man happening upon a juicy steak. The angel asked Holly what had made her so happy. It's why I went so far today. I tell the littlies the stories every night, but they've never had pictures before. It'll help them with their letters, too, if they can look at them. She held the book so Bethany Ann could see the golden dragon on the page. Then she closed it, becoming somber again. Lolly might be gone by the time that we get back. Can we hurry, please, Bethany Ann? We're already there. You'll be home really soon, brave one. First, I have to take care of something down there, so you hold tight here, okay? I'll be back soon. Now, don't be scared. I'm going to do a really neat trick. Look down at the street for me. Holly's mouth fell open when Bethany Ann disappeared, and she looked out the pod's windows for her angel. Holly marveled when Bethany Ann reappeared on the street below. Was she? She was! Holly couldn't believe Bethany Ann was taunting the demons. The angel's eyes shone brightly. Their ruby glow lit the moisture remaining in the air after the storm, creating a diffused halo Holy could just about see by. Bethany Ann called to the demons again, and snarling and slobbering, one bounded toward her. Holy was screaming at the pod window when she heard a voice. Do not fear, young Holly. All is well. I'm Adam. Where are you? The demons are going to kill Bethany Ann. We have to do something. If you look out the window, you will see that Bethany Ann has the situation in hand. In the meantime, while we wait, you may ask me anything you want. Sure enough, the attacking demon now lay headless on the ground. She continued to watch as she thought about what to ask Adam. She couldn't take her eyes off the street. It was as though Bethany Ann were dancing as she twirled between the demons, her swords flashing as she slashed at their limbs. Each movement she made was an exact strike, a beautiful dance, and Holy promised herself that one day she would dance as beautifully as Bethany Ann. She recalled the strange voice of Adam and spoke again as she stared in wonder at the slaughter below. Where are you, Adam? That was the first thing she wanted to know. Right now, I'm controlling the machine that's running this pod. Are you a demon? A dry buzzing sound came from the box that Adam's voice emerged from. Holy realized he was laughing. Not as far as I know. Did you learn about numbers as well as letters? Holy nodded and replied that she had, unsure how Adam could see her if he was trapped in a machine. I was created by some special mathematicians on Bethany Ann's world, which is Earth. She rescued me, along with my creators. I began life as a string of numbers and was destined to be a slave to humanity. But thanks to her, I am alive, and I have the freedom to grow as I choose. I understand you were also treated as property before the misengineered uh, demons were released. 
in a way. I had to do a lot of work, but only because it was my job. It wasn't bad, like some thralls had to live with. My master and mistress wanted a little leap, but the gods didn't bless them. So they went to the orphan sales and bought me. I always knew they owned me, but they loved me too. I miss mum the most. She read stories to me and made me sweets, helped me when I was sick and sang to me. Master taught me my letters and numbers and woodcraft and how to fix things for when he was gone. He never beat me either. Holy emitted a tiny sob with the last statement. She had rarely had time to contemplate the loss she had suffered, since she was always run ragged looking after the littlies. Ah, I understand this. You had an emotional attachment to each other. That makes you family, no matter how you began. That makes sense. The littlies are my family now, and we're getting justice and going to a new place. Does that mean you and Bethany Ann will leave us? Can Lolly have some real medicine? Is that too many questions? Not at all. Lolly will be fine. We have a special machine that will make him strong again. After you get settled in with your new families, you may see less of Bethany Ann. She has an empire to run, you know. An empire? Holy squeaked, awed by the revelation. Yes, she is the etheric empress. She will always make time for you if you need her, and she will always make sure you are all well taken care of if you choose to come with us when we leave. I will be available whenever you require me, as I can make use of many different machines. We will be friends, if that is agreeable to you. Holly liked Adam. She didn't understand some of the things he told her, but she could tell he was a kind person. She smiled to accept his offer of friendship and barraged him with inquiries. How do you live in a machine? Where is Bethany Ann taking us all? Is she a guardian angel? I think she is. She rescued us both, didn't she? Does she go around the stars saving everyone? She's so amazing and strong. I want to be just like her when I grow up. Then nobody can mess with us. What is space like? Are there other littlies where we're going? She continued pelting Adam with questions until Bethany Ann told him it was safe for Holy to come down to the street. Hospit Holy ran to the secret entrance. Bethany Ann had sent her to tell the hiding littlies that she was taking them away from this place. She said Holy would need some time to explain what was going on before she came into the hospit and gave Holy a bracelet to wear with a button to press when she was ready. Holy had hugged her tightly and scuttled into the gap in the window board that was her entry. She thought about gathering everybody together quickly, but she needed to see Lolly first. She had been gone far longer than she had meant to be, and she was afraid he might have died while she was away. She decided to go to their room first. Pip was asleep in the rickety chair beside Lolly's sickbed when she arrived downstairs in the boiler room. The boiler worked as long as they had wood to feed it, and she had moved hers and Lolly's blankets down there, hoping warmth would help him recover. She was relieved to see he was still hanging on. She gently shook Pip's shoulders, slightly regretful at disturbing him when she saw the dark rings around his young eyes. He started and jumped to his feet in a defensive pose, but relaxed when he saw who had awakened him. His initial relief was quickly replaced by anger at how helpless he had been without her. 
His face crumbled as hot tears fell down his sooty cheeks. Where were you? He blurted. I thought you were dead. Holy allowed the small boy to pummel her with his tiny fists. She understood how he felt better than he realized. She was thankful he would never have to be so afraid again. None of them would. She hugged her little hero tightly, and her fantastic news spelled out in a rush. Hip, I nearly did die. I was caught in the storm and the demon nearly got me. Only I ran. I ran and ran. And I found an angel. She saved me and brought me to fetch you all. I need you to tell everyone to come to the entrance right now. We're leaving. Pip looked at her as though she had lost her mind. None of this made sense to him. The entrance was blocked with rubble, and Holy never allowed them outside at night. Holy saw his confusion and quickly explained what had happened that evening. After she killed all the demons that were prowling outside, I came here to get you. We can go outside again. She's going to take everyone who wants to go to a new life, with something wonderful called parents. We have to get everyone outside now, so go on. I'll take care of Lolly. Pip nodded blankly, overwhelmed by all the information, but trusting wholly with his life. He took off for the dormitory where the others were sleeping. Holy was so proud of Pip. He always did his best to help her with the younger Littlies and encouraged the others to help with them, too, despite only being eight summers or so himself. As Pip's footsteps retreated up the stairs, she bent over Lolly and began wrapping him firmly in his tattered blankets. Adam had told her not to worry, but she felt the urge to hurry. He felt like a bird in Holy's arms, fragile and easily shattered. He was hardly conscious, his heartbeat fluttering rapidly, but steadily for now. He continued to draw feeble breaths, each halting inhalation a testament to his dogged refusal to let go. Holy begged him to hold on a little longer, murmuring to him as she made her way up the stairs and down the corridor to the entrance. When she reached the entrance with her precious cargo, the rest of the littlies sat around the bottom of the staircase, yawning and looking bewildered. When Holy came into view, they perked up and ran over to her, clamoring for her attention. She sat them all down to explain why they were up in the middle of the night. She struggled for a moment, trying to find the best way to tell them so they would all understand. Some of them had only seen the three summers since the demons came and no memories of the time before. Inspiration hit her like a cuff on the back of the head. They settled immediately when she told them she had a special story for them. Stories were how she taught them about the world and the lessons in survival she had learned the hard way, much like her mistress had done for her when she was a little She often made herself the hero of these lesson stories so they could tell the difference when she recited the fables she remembered from her books. They fell into the familiar cadence of her tale as their eyes took on the glaze of imagination. Once upon a time, there was a little named... Can you guess? Holy! They replied as one. They squirmed and giggled with excitement at this unexpected treat from the person they loved most in the world. Holy nodded back at them solemnly. Yes, she was called Holy. This is the most important story 
I'm ever going to tell you. So listen well, my littlies, and join in when you know the next bit, okay? Holy was a very lucky littlie. When the monsters came, she ran. They knew this part well and joined in the game. She did. She ran and she hid and she remembered the lesson she had learned and she lived. One day, Holy found a treasure. Do you know what she found? Littlies. She did. Precious littlies. And she looked for a moment. Did she find any? Yes! Lots of lovely littlies. Do you know what she promised the littlies when she found them? Loves! Yes, loves. Holy loved the littlies with all her heart and promised to keep them safe forever. Now, my lovelies, are you ready for the new bit? Yes! They squealed, so she shushed them gently and continued. One day, Holy went to seek a treasure for her littlies. She found the treasure and set off for home, but a storm came, and she was trapped in an alley maze with a demon. So she did what she always did, and... Ran? The younger littlies were upset by the unfamiliar story and the mention of demons, but she pressed on. Well done, she ran, and she didn't stop until a host of angels appeared before her. The angels saved her from the demon, and the most beautiful one of all told Holy she was here to rescue her and all her littlies. She brought Holy home in her flying carriage, and then she took Holy and all her littlies far away to live among the stars and gave them beautiful things called justice and freedom and parents. She searched the faces of her littlies, seeing comprehension mixed with confusion and some of the older ones. The youngest didn't understand at all. That's the end, except one important thing. Remember how I told you it was important at the beginning? The littlies nodded. I can see some of you don't really understand this story. It's confusing, yes? Well, that's because it's a true story, and true things are often confusing. Did you like the angel who saved Holy in the story? She asked them all. They all agreed they did. That's good, because she was the truest part. She's waiting outside to take us all away from this place and give us good homes with her people if we want to go. Some of you are too little to remember the before time, so you don't understand what safe means. Some of you have only known this family right here, but I promise we will never be hungry or afraid again if we leave with our guardian angel. And you won't have to hide from demons anymore. What do you say? Shall we go to the stars? The verdict was unanimous. If Holy wanted them to go with the angel, then that was what they would do. Holy had been their savior once upon a time, and they would follow her wherever she led. They watched with rapt attention as Holy pressed the button on her bracelet, and the voice of the angel came from it. Hello, Holy. Are you and your littlies ready? Yes, Bethany Ann. We're at the staircase opposite the entrance. How will you get in? Don't worry, Holy. Remember my trick? 
she replied. The Littleys screamed and started up the stairs when Bethany Ann appeared on their side of the barricade door, but Holy quickly calmed their fears. It's okay. This is Bethany Ann, the angel who came to save us. She's not as scary as you think. So come and say hello, Bethany Ann. This is my family. Everyone, this is Bethany Ann. She went to Bethany Ann, determined to show them she was safe to approach. The braver ones came to the bottom of the stairs to get a better look, and the rest peered through the spindles of the banister. Bethany Ann took a knee and smiled at them all, and held her arm out to receive Lolly. Holy hesitated to let go for a brief moment, afraid this would be the last time she saw him. Her wide black eyes shone brightly as Bethany Ann stood up, carefully cradling Holy's beloved Littley in one arm. He was so tiny. Bethany Ann placed the other hand on Holy's shoulder, and she leaned into it, savoring the experience of being able to trust again. Some of the others came over to hug her, too. They stared in wonder at Bethany Ann, never having seen someone so tall or so beautiful, and were amazed when she spoke to them as well as Holy. He'll be fine in a few days, I promise. He'll be as good as new, actually, so don't worry. Go help each other pack your stuff. I'll be back as soon as Lolly is mending, okay? Holy nodded her assent as Bethany Ann and Lolly vanished into thin air. Putting her thoughts aside, she began the task of corralling 21 littlies into preparing for their evacuation. Holy had no misgivings. Bethany Ann was the safest person she had ever known. She could feel it in her bones. High Orbit, Above Castellagia A few hours later, the Littleys were sleeping in warm, clean beds, on their way to a new beginning. They had been afraid at first, overwhelmed by the experience of flying and the strange machines, which seemed like magic to them. It would take time for their fears of adults to fade, and the Guardian Marines had kept their distance, while Bethany Ann escorted everyone to a dormitory, where beds and hot food were waiting for them. After they had eaten their fill, they had exhausted themselves playing with the showers, which were a wonder to them, especially when the magic rain stopped and a warm breeze began to blow. They had dressed in strange body tubes that had been pointed out to them by Bethany Ann, and had fallen fast asleep in soft beds, wholly included. The day had been simultaneously the most frightening and the most amazing in her life, even more overwhelming than that fateful day in her tenth summer. She was completely exhausted, but her mind kept tripping over itself with all the questions she had. Her heavy eyelids drooped, and she sank into a blissful rest. She woke some time later and checked on the sleeping littlies, tucking in loose blankets before slipping out the dormitory in search of answers to her questions. She marveled at her new garments as she walked along the corridor looking for Bethany Ann. She had never felt anything so soft in her life. The foot coverings were especially wonderful, snug and warm, and they gripped the floor lightly with each step. Holy had never had such things before. She was disturbed from this train of thought 
as she reached the end of the corridor and saw an alcove. She startled when she saw the seats were occupied by one of Bethany Ann's people, an enormous male with a great deal of red hair on his head and face. The giant held out a gentle hand to stay her worry. No need to fear, Yarist. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just sitting here to make sure you are all protected and safe. Yeah? His blue eyes crinkled as he smiled at Holy, and she couldn't help but smile back at his kind, weather-beaten face. He continued his friendly chatter, and she took a seat beside him, curious about what else he might tell her. You must be holy. My name is Sten, and I'm a guardian marine, which means I protect those who cannot protect themselves for whatever reason. A lot like you, young Sholmei, Sten said, chuckling at her surprised expression. Oh, yeah. You've been battling all this time to protect those barn. So you're definitely a warrior. One of the best as well, since not everyone has the strength to keep fighting as long as you did. I hear you like stories, yeah? Let me tell you a story from the land of my grandparents' birth. Would you like that? Yes, please, Holly said cheerfully, settling into the soft seat. She would enjoy being on the receiving end of a story. It had been so long. Then began. It was believed that in times of war, beautiful winged Valkyries would come to carry the souls of the warriors who had given everything to Bahala to feast with the All Father. The reward for an honorable death was a feast that would go on for eternity until the Cot of War comes once again. Holy nodded fascinated by this gentle giant and his story of winged warriors and feasts. So little Shome, our Ildishel has swept you up and brought you to her halls, and now you shall feast as the reward for your honor and valor. Holy laughed at Sten's joke. She liked this male and the sense of security he radiated, making her feel much like Bethany Ann had. These were good people and she felt that she had made the right choice for her littlies. What about when war comes? She wondered aloud, poking at the hairy fanged skull emblem on Sten's arm. He removed it and passed it to Holy so she could get a better look. We'll be the ones bringing it, my Yarist. There are so many others like you in the galaxy that need our help. I'll help. When can we go? She chirped brightly. She didn't know it, but that was the moment her future father fell in love with his little Sholme. He never stood a chance after seeing her in her earnest. After Holy left for the bridge and Bethany Ann, he began thinking of how his wife would react if he brought an orphaned alien child home with him. Epilogue QBBS Meredith Reynolds Six months later. The last months had been the best of her life, but today was the most nerve-wracking. She felt sick to her stomach 
and she wished her parents were there with her now as she waited for Astrid to meet her on the platform. Holy now lived with the Leafsons, along with Pip and a fully recovered Lolly. Upon hearing of another twenty orphans in need of loving homes, Sten's extended family had leapt into action, petitioning the Empress for permission to adopt the Castelagian children into their enormous clan. They had settled into their new lives rapidly, bonding with their new siblings and cousins, and having their hearts soothed by the adults with the healing balm of love. Holy had become especially close with her new cousin, Astrid. She had approached Holy at their first family gathering. The entire Leafson clan had come together for a picnic in Mark Billingsley Park to welcome the new arrivals. Astrid had punched her in the arm, telling her she was sorry Holy had gone through all that bad shit. She'd introduced herself and told her they were family now. That means I look out for you, okay? Astrid had said, cementing her place in Holy's heart. They had been inseparable ever since, and Holy was glad they were doing this together. She exhaled as she caught a glimpse of Astrid's fiery braids above the heads of the other freshman students. That was how she always found her cousin. Astrid was tall, even by Leafson standards. It was their first day at the Etheric Academy, and they were in the same class. Holy had known Astrid would make the grade and earned one of the five coveted positions. She could outfight anyone and had been perfecting her MacGyvering skills since she could hold a screwdriver. Holy hadn't felt she had much to offer the elite team by comparison, so had applied only to placate Astrid. She had collapsed, gibbering incoherently when she found out she had made it, asking Adam if it had been a mistake. He had assured her it wasn't. Her leadership and survival skills, along with her ability to perform under pressure, were all vital for the Alpha class team. The cousins greeted each other and boarded the maglev tram that would take them to their home for the next few years. They looked around at their fellow students, smiling and nodding at the youths from many of the species which made up the empire. The human boy in the seat across from them held out his hand to introduce himself to Holly and Astrid, smiling a little shyly as he shook hands with them. I'm Flynn. Flynn Ray. Astrid and Holly introduced themselves in return, and the three began to chat as the tram set off. Holly had stopped running at last. Author's Notes, Holy Savior, by N.D. Roberts. Hello, fellow TKG addicts. Thanks first to Michael, who took a crazy chance and my family for their support. Next to Lynn and Stephen Campbell for doing everything it took to pull it together. Third is you. Thank you for reading my story and my author's notes. I hope you enjoyed Holy Savior. And thank you so much for taking a gamble on a fan-written anthology. Is that enough thank yous? I don't think so. I could go on all day. I think I've rewritten these notes about six times now. Edit. Seven. This whole experience is so far out of my comfort zone, I may as well be in space with the Ethereans. What to say? I had to write this story. Had to. It wouldn't leave me alone until I wrote it. And I'm glad that I did. 
Like so many before me, I blasted through Michael's books and fell completely in love with B.A. and her attitude. And then some six weeks of not enough sleep later, I had a dream. That first scene where it all started. The child running down the alley, the rain, the green light, and the monster. I smashed out a few hundred hasty words and sent it to Michael as a thank you for the black hole I fell into after downloading Death Becomes Her. To his credit, he didn't say, Be gone, crazy Welsh woman who clearly has no idea how these things work. But I was surprised to find I was the first to take him up on this generous offer. A lot of patient explanations later, Thank you, Michael, Lynn, and my beautiful kiddo, who knows everything about modern things that I'm too much of a Luddite to learn. And here we are. It's completely surreal. I wanted to write something that would fit seamlessly into the KGU and also show Bethany Ann from the perspective of someone she had saved. It wasn't easy. This is the first piece of writing I've done since school. No, I won't say how long ago that was, cheeky. But hard work and the willingness to begin the journey of learning this craft have won the day, and I'm really happy about that. In fact, I'm so happy about it, I've been writing almost every day since, and a lot of that has been continuation of Holy Story, which just keeps growing. What can I say? Except that I love this little orphan child so much, I want to know everything about her. I didn't expect to love writing so much either. Another thing I didn't expect was the wonderful people in the Fans Right group. You are all completely awesome and inspirational. I love what we're doing as a group. And as you work your way through this anthology and read their amazing stories, I know you will too. It's incredible how much love and support goes on in there. It really helps to take the stories to the next level. It's not even just the writing group. It's across all the TKG fan and author pages and groups. I've been chatting to some of you, and I was overjoyed to find that TKG fans in general are just really nice, friendly, warm-hearted people. A community I am proud to be a part of. I really hope I brought you all some joy with this. It would mean the world to me if I did. Thank you once again for reading my story, and I hope to entertain you again in the future. Ad Aternitatum. It is so cool to say that, Natalie. P.S. One more thank you to Michael, because, you know, this is an amazing thing to be a part of. Still so surreal. The pinching didn't wake me up, though, so I'm going with it. P.P.S. If you have a story idea, why not have a go at writing it and share it with the fans' right group? We did some stuff for fun, as well as for this book, and there's no judgment there. Just fun. KG chat and stories.